on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Ireland made Portugal in a blockbuster sellout at the Viva Stadium tonight, but there's one footballer we'll all be watching closely, Cristiano Ronaldo. In today's Indo Daily, we take a deep dive, no fouling here, into Portugal's record-breaking international superstar and look at the man behind one of the greatest footballers ever. I'm Fionan Sheen, and joining me today in a game of two halves are Aidan O'Hara, Deputy Group Head of Sport at the Irish Independent, and Melanie Finn, Irish Independent Entertainment Correspondent. Aidan O'Hara, Deputy Group Head of Sport, Football Economist. The first big game at in any in Ireland since the, the start of the pandemic. It's Ireland versus Portugal. It's a sellout. And there is an absolute footballing superstar, legend uh, and icon uh, playing. Why is it such a, a big occasion to see Cristiano Ronaldo playing in Dublin? I think, I mean, like, as you said, he's a global icon. The the fact that he's gone back to Manchester United this season as well adds another layer to it with the, you know, the Manchester United-Ireland connections that are so strong. Um, and I think there's always an element whenever a big star comes to Dublin of trying to take him down a peg or two as well. So I think with, with all that combined, plus the, the whole pandemic issues over the last 18 months or so, I think people are just really looking forward to seeing what it's like in a 52,000 capacity crowd with, you know, all, more or less all shouting for the one side, unlike the side of GEA where there might be 40,000, but it's split fairly evenly. You know, th- there hasn't been an atmosphere like this for a long, long time. And I think people are just really, they just really can't wait for it to start. It's it's also a bit like a Rolling Stones tour. You, you, you think it's the last chance to to see him at 36, likely to be his his last uh, campaign uh, on an international level. His legacy there is is quite phenomenal, really. Um, just his his records at club and international level, they're, they're, they really are off the charts. They are. I mean, I think before Ronaldo and Messi, you were you were looking at a striker. You know, elite strikers were a goal every two games. You know, the kind of 20, 30 goals a season was proper, you know, elite. Um, and then the two of those lads came along and suddenly you're looking at 40 goals a season. You're looking at a goal in every game or, you know, two in every three at minimum. It's just the consistency of his delivery is just extraordinary. Um, and he's developed his game to go from the kind of the preening winger who might kind of decorate games to the player, the, the absolute kind of the influencer, if you like, the complete influencer of games where 
you know, he, he, he doesn't necessarily he doesn't necessarily decorate them anymore, but he has the final word as he did against against Ireland previously. Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo turns into trouble. Brilliant footwork. Amazing goal for Cristiano Ronaldo. Vintage Ronaldo. He just consistently dominates games. He is the player, the player that people talk about consistently in, I'd say, 90 to 95 percent of the games that he plays. He is the one who has, if if not the final word, a major word in the outcome. And to be doing that for <clears throat> really for 15 years from his the latter stage of Manchester United all the way through Real Madrid, all the way through Juventus, back back to Manchester United again, and to to win a, a major tournament with Portugal as he did. The, the record is phenomenal and you know there, there is definitely that element of people people wanting to see him um, wanting to see him in the flesh you know how Ireland cope with him is, is, is going to be interesting again they, they did okay against him for 88 minutes the last day and in six minutes he won the game and I think that kind of just sums up the way he's been in the last certainly in the last couple of years and so at five Ballon d'Or, he's won the, the European Cup with both Manchester United and, and Real Madrid, that, that three in a row with Real Madrid. To go to a club like Real Madrid, really prove himself arguably up there with Puskas and Di Stefano as, as their greatest ever player. Like he He's on a level really that that we haven't really seen at, at at the Lansdowne Road slash the Aviva uh, in Manny's a long year. Ronaldo is still, even at 36, he's still at the peak of his goal-scoring powers. This version of him is is as peak as there has been, really. You know, there was different versions of him through the years that were obviously elite. Um, but, like, the way that, as, as I said, he's, he's developed, he still has the ability to have a say in games. You've seen it at Manchester United in the last couple of weeks where the ball drops to him in the last minute. He hasn't done much and he has that calmness and that killer instinct to still, you know, put his name across the game where other players, this is the thing, like, he seems to thrive on that moment. You know what I mean? The 89th minute, the ball comes into the box, he's got a header against Ireland and he just buries it. And then he does it again five minutes later. And he makes chances that that aren't easy chances. He makes them look easy. Um, and that's true. Like When he was 19... I don't necessarily think heading was a big part of his game. And in the last 15 years or whatever it is, he has developed that part of his game where he just constantly improves. I think that's the that's the amazing thing about him, where he's constantly evolved and improved in areas of his game that were weak to the point where, you know, other than father time, there's no kind of weakness there. And even that is, is struggling to take a move, you know? Bring a winning mentality to the dressing room. We all know he's a fitness freak. Uh, his game has changed over the last few years, obviously. And I've said it before, I think he's probably one of the most intelligent players I've ever seen in my life. I think the way he's adapted his game. And he's a winner. He, he's coming back to Man United to win stuff. You know, make no mistake about that. In the... Ronaldo, the brand, is is quite a phenomenon in its own right, but it, it does stand up to scrutiny, doesn't it? I mean, at the age of 36, he is still playing at the at the very highest level. Normally, a guy who's that age is is heading off to America to kind of, you know, be going to semi, semi-retirement. Yeah, I mean, it would seem to be. Like, I mean, the, the, the brand is, like, there's been lots of players across all sports over the years who've had a strong brand. Um but it tends to fade as their performances as their performances tend to fade. 
Whereas with him, the performances are so high. Like his brand was his brand was strong a decade ago, but the fact that it's even stronger now is down to his performance on the pitch. Um, no matter, I mean, there's no there's no marketing campaign that can you know that can match last minute winners for Manchester United or, or winning tournaments with Portugal or Real Madrid or Juventus. In terms of like the the you know the looking after himself, and any reports you hear back around Manchester United and stuff from from, from back in those days, where I mean Wayne Rooney was. On a similar level, at, at when they were when they were at a young age, Wayne Rooney and Ronaldo were on a similar level, and I think it's fair to say that their approach to uh, n- nutrition and refueling, as Graham Taylor once put it, would be would be quite different. So, I think Ronaldo's gone on and, and shown that you you can't you can't play to the age that he is without being disciplined around off field activities. Um, and I think certainly in English football, the culture around English football has changed it started to change just before Ronaldo came with you know the, the the foreign players coming in and you know having a glass of wine with their dinner as opposed to six or seven points but I think he would have taken that to a level and then when people see that consistency and, and how how beneficial it is they look at him and they see him being the most talented and the most disciplined player and they suddenly say well you know, I might not be as talented as him, but I can be as disciplined. Yeah, and Patrice Evra has a great story from from uh, his Ronaldo's original uh, period at Manchester United, where he's invited over for lunch and thinks he's going over for a bit of crack, and in fact, he ends up eating plain chicken and training in the back garden. He said, "Let's go and having a lunch after training. Go to his house. You know, it was few people on the table. I look at it; it was just some salad, plain white chicken, no juice, just water. So we have a food." Quickly a lunch, and after that, he said, let's go in the garden and play two-touch. I said, Cristiano, we just finished. So we go playing two-touch. After that, let's go for a swim. <laughs> after that, let's have a sauna, jacuzzi. I was like, Cristiano, why you di- we didn't stay at the training room? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I said Cristiano deserved everything yeah. he got. Sees himself as as a role model. We saw during the European Championships, he sits down at a press conferences. Uh, he sees a bottle of Coca Cola in front of him, and he moves it off camera, and picks up a water, agua, and he actually manages to uh, drop Coca Cola shares as a result. His Instagram posts as well. It's all very, you know, he's he's not the kind of guy who's going to be promoting any chocolate brands, alcohol, anything like that. Really, is he? No, you wouldn't think so. But then there's so much money in the fitness industry that that's where you know you, you make your money wherever you can. I mean, the, 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 I, I think like I think he's genuine in that sense. There, I mean, you don't you don't have the physique that he that he has by you know eating chocolate bars and drinking pints. But like I think he's genuine in in in, in what he's promoting there, etc. But equally. It is part of his brand, like to have it, you know, a sugary drink in front of him. I don't know whether if Coca Cola approached him, whether he would, you know, whether he would, whether he would go down that road if they offered him enough money. But he really has taken that the, the fitness industry and you know nutrition and all that side of things wouldn't traditionally have gone with football. You'd have been looking at bodybuilders and and that kind of thing. And and now it's come into the it's it's been made the norm in football by him to a large extent by him. I mean, there've been great players in the last twenty years who wouldn't have had the physique that he has, and obviously people see that physique, they want to know how he gets it, and you can build a brand and a market around that and make a hell of a lot of money out of it too. This is why I'm here. I'm not here for for vacation or, as I told you before, was good winning important things that I wore the shirt before many years ago, but I'm here to win again. I'm K1 
capable, me and my teammates. Uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go, and I think it's a it's a good chance for me, for the supporters, for the 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 club, you know, to give one step ahead. So I'm ready, and I think I will be a huge thing. So Melly Finn, you're here to discuss whether Ireland should adopt a high pressing game or stand off against Ronaldo. Go ahead. We're going to talk tactics for now on. You yeah, know, I'm absolutely. all about the tactics. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Let's park the football for a sec. Ronaldo off the pitch, like he is effectively the, the closest that football has to kind of a, a Hollywood superstar uh, in many regards. And yet, quite a family man, isn't he? He is, yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say that he occupies as many um, headlines for his life off the pitch as he does for on the pitch. You know, he's won so many awards. You know, he's won like five Ballon d'Or um, accolades. He's broken so many records. Um, you know, you name it, he's he's done it. But when it comes to his personal life, it's a whole other ball game, literally, quite literally. Um, where do we start, I guess? I suppose the, the kids. The, the, the kids, yeah, which, yeah. which is interesting in its own right, I suppose. It is indeed, yes. Yeah. So he had a child 11 years ago. He had a son named after himself, of course, um, as any any good sportsman would. And uh, this mother is apparently of unknown origin. He's never revealed the identity of his son's uh, mother. But there was reports that soon after the child was born, there was a payment made um, to a woman and his mum promptly brought the child back home. He was living in Spain at the time and uh, basically reared him on with, you know, with Christiana. So, um, so far, so good. Everyone was kind of a bit eyebrows raised at that one. There was a lot of speculation, you know, did he have a, a surrogate involved? Did he essentially, you know, was there a financial transaction involved with the birth of, of the son? Um, and then he went on to have twins via surrogacy, and he was very open about that. He had two little twin, twin girls. And then came baby number four. Are you still with me? Yeah. <laughs> and this is with his current girlfriend, Georgina Rodriguez, who, of course, uh, you know, just two weeks ago revealed that she was, in fact, pregnant with twins naturally this time. So what are we on? Like, so there's there's four now. Uh, we're expecting another two. two. Yeah. So that brings the tally to six. So it's a good thing he is, in fact, one of the world's highest paid um, sports stars. You know, six kids. That's, that's a lot of support, a lot of maintenance going on there. For me, it's not, it's not a problem. How you see in the world, many kids don't have mom, don't have dads, or dads die, or moms die, and they, they beat him up. Christian have a dad, unbelievable dad. I have grandfather, <laughs> grandmother, I have support of my family. Yeah. Great. Of course, it's, it will be like, uh, why it don't happen? Listen, some points in the life, it's private. And people have to respect the privacy of the people. You and know? quite close to his mother as well. Now, he did come from a very disadvantaged uh, background. You know, she she worked hard to, to, to raise him. And they, there's a very close bond there as well. There is, yeah. I mean, he grew up obviously in the, the island of Madeira and he was very impoverished, like you say. His dad died, I believe, when he was about 53. Um, so there was never really a relationship with him. So he grew up with three siblings and the pair of them, well, sorry, all of them shared a bedroom. 
Um, and so he was obviously very close to his, his mom. She nurtured him. She said in a documentary a few years ago how she, at one stage she was unsure whether to proceed with the pregnancy and she had considered getting an abortion. Um, and she said that because she decided to keep the child, that God was happy with, with her decision. And a result, you know, he rewarded her um, with a child that had these like magical footballing powers. Um, so he actually brings it up sometimes, Cristiano Ronaldo, and he says, oh, she, you never wanted me, you know, but God is happy that you kept me now. And look at me, I'm keeping you now kind of thing. So she lives with him and his family and she's effectively a carer for his brood of children along with his girlfriend Georgina Rodriguez so he's extremely close to his mum apparently she was instrumental in this decision to move back to to Man U in September and in fact the post that the football team put out confirming his return um, to the Reds was was one of the most liked posts on, on Instagram you know it smashed social media records so that just shows the kind of uh, level of influence that we're dealing with here. Now, Emily, at the same time, th- there have been controversies surrounding Ronaldo's personal life, um, his his attitude towards towards surrogacy and, and custody uh, of the children via, born via surrogates, and also allegations of, of rape against him. That's right. Yeah, there were several allegations of rape, some dating back to 2005. So it would have been really when he was at, you know, in his infancy in terms of his football career. Um, There's been several more allegations over the years. Um, Nothing has ever been um, confirmed. He's never been charged with anything. So all of those allegations um, were found to be unsubstantiated. Um, And then in terms of the surrogacy, it is an interesting choice for a man who is not short of fans and admirers and women who would only be crying out to have his baby. But we know that his first child, Cristiano Jr., was born in 2010 and it was reportedly via surrogate. And at the time of the birth, Ronaldo released a statement asking for privacy about the identity of his son's mother and he has indeed said I will tell Christiana the full story about his mother when he is older and you have to you have to respect that I suppose but he said in a statement at the time with the agreement of the mother wished us to remain anonymous I will have exclusive custody of my son and I request everyone to fully respect my right to privacy and that with the child at least on issues as personal as these and at the time of the child's birth he was indeed dating model Arena Shake, and then they broke up five, five years later in, in 2015. So she was 100% not the mother of that child. Um, and if you look at him like he is like a mini Cristiano, and I think he's started playing football himself for uh, Juventus, so he's clearly a chip off the old block when it comes to that. Yeah, he's spoken of, of Cristiano, guiding Cristiano's future career. And, and just to, to round off the Hollywood analogy, Arena Shake then... Uh, gets becomes in in a relationship uh, with Bradley Cooper. The Look Hollywood, at you with your Hollywood, Hollywood gossip. And they have, <laughs> you reading the gossip mags. There. So, <laughs> you know, Ronaldo is about as, as A-list as you can get in, in the sporting world. He is, absolutely. Sure, he made um, sporting history, didn't he, in June 27, or in uh, 2016, where he signed a lifetime contract with Nike. You know, and there's, there's, I think, maybe two other sports stars in the world who have also achieved that level of notoriety. Royalty. I mean, he's known by initials, for God's sake, you know, C or 7. This, of course, relates to his his brand of merchandise, which sells like hotcakes. Um, I mean, it's really hard to kind of put into words just how famous he is. And uh, of course, he's arriving into Dublin tonight, along with the huge circus that always accompanies him wherever he is. 
Turning to the game itself, it's not just Ronaldo we're up against. So the record all-time international goal scorer, he's also got a number of, of top-class players surrounding him uh, on, on the field. From Bruno Fernandes, who's also at Man- Manchester United, Diego Jota at, at, at Liverpool, Bernardo Silva, who may be injured for, out for the game at, at, at Man City, Joao Felix, uh, Atletico Madrid, who who people saw um, it potentially is, is, the, is the next Ronaldo. Is there any chance of Stephen Kenny's young, experimental, evolving Irish team containing that in, with the big crowd of, of, of the Aviva Stadium behind them? I think there's there's always a chance. I mean, every game we're in the played over the years, the great games, the, the Germany victory and games like that, they've always had to have a bit of a bit of luck going and hopefully, you know, Ronaldo might have an off night and some of the players around them might be the same. Um it's difficult look, it's difficult to see anything beyond the Portuguese victory if you are putting if you're putting money on it. But at the same time, look, there's always a chance. And I think the crowd being there, getting behind the team as you know, that hasn't really been there in the last in the last few years, anyway, um, I think there's definitely a, a feeling of, of optimism around in, in, in the crowd. But look, you never know. I mean, he might he might have a, a rare off night, and uh, you know, sort of a famous victory. But you, it, it's uh, on, on logic, it's it's hard to see it. But you know, you're, you, sometimes you, you never know in football, really. And to kind of phrase famously from the old days of Lansdowne Road it is a case of putting them under pressure though tonight they, they, they don't like it up them they, they, <laughs> they, these continental boys uh, as, as, as the, the old British uh, parlance, parlance goes a bit of niggle a, a bit of the crowd getting on their back and, and really you, you could see uh, these guys kind of suddenly not fancying this game and, and you know the old days of, of growing the grass too long at Lansdowne Road that's not there anymore it's a pristine pitch but the crowd and the atmosphere it, it all will be a big occasion it will be absolutely and you know there'll be there'll be thousands of Man United fans there and thousands of Liverpool fans there who who will be probably booing Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes and put the their 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 club loyalties aside um, I think that I think that's you know will be important there will be an element of, of niggle there that they'll try and put the Portuguese players off their game a little bit if they can. Now, they're very experienced players, so they, they, they'll have seen you know stronger atmospheres than even the one tomorrow night, probably. But that doesn't mean to say that the crowd won't have an impact. I'm Fionn Sheen, and today's episode was produced by Siobhan Maguire, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, recorded by Gavin Hennessy, with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from independent.ie, ITV and MUTV. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts.